Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So we are now joined by a friend of the podcast, good friend of mine, Scott Spain-Smith. Scott, thanks for uh, for jumping on. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Matt. So I thought it would be, a, you know, about midway through the season, be a good time to kind of just reset the, the season, especially in the Big 12, um, because if you look back at the preseason. Nobody winning the Big 12. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, I think they were still picked – in like the media poll, I believe they were probably still picked. They're either eight or, or I mean nine or ten. You know, they're at the bottom. Yeah. Even people like myself who thought they were being proved thought that meant, you know, like maybe four wins. Yeah. Now they've absolutely. already surpassed that. So I even heard like um Shehan J. Roger, he was on the uh Our Daily Bears podcast, and they he said the same thing. Like he thought, you know, yeah, they'll be super improved and they'll you know, four or five wins, and that's for the year. And they've like surpassed that. So it's just now I think they were set up pretty good because they had a pretty easy um, non-conference. In their early conferences, some of the easier games in conference. Yeah. But no doubt what they have done is props yeah. to Kansas. Yeah, uh, for sure. And they're, I'm, I hope this doesn't happen because just like Baylor, you know, and Kind of like uh, David Fankhauser had a good point. He kind of sees it as like the 2010 Baylor is, you know, comparable to this year's Kansas to where, I mean, they're not going to keep up this pace of winning games and they're going to, they're not going to win every game. I think that's, you can, that's a, that's a safe bet. Yeah. Um, I could see, but like he said, like, you know, that Baylor team, that, that 2010 team that was at six and 16, that, you know, you know, finally got over the hump and go to the bowl game for Baylor after so many years. You're, it'll probably be something of that nature where, you know, they're going to win a couple more games and, you know, be seven and 
five, six, and six, you know, get to a bowl game, which I don't think anyone so thought. This is going to be on fire for that. They're going to be yeah. so excited. I remember how we were during that Kansas State game, um, mm-hmm. that 2010 year, when yeah. the flood of Noah proportions came out and delayed the game for a couple hours. And we were so elated. And now we would look back at six and six and be sad for any any season going forward. Yeah, people this year are going to be disappointed with like eight and four. Yeah, like if Baylor's eight yeah. and four this year, people will be like, "It was a disappointing year." Mm-hmm. Well, I was fully drinking the Kool Aid, and I was thinking, "Okay, this year we're going to be, we have the very potential to be twelve and zero." Yeah, the I was. I was, I was there too. That. I thought um, you know. 12, I didn't think that it was going to happen, but I thought it was possible. Yeah, and so you know, and me and you know, we kind of play a character sometimes on here to where like I'm super Homer, you know, super Baylor guy. But I was confident where I thought they could. It's a possibility, you know, they could do that. They could go eleven and one. Ten and two is probably more likely, just based on history. Um, and that's still in play, although it's it's hard. But I mean, right now, it's the Big Twelve is such a. I think they're gonna just eat each other. You know, it's just gonna mm-hmm. be cannibalistic because we talked about Kansas. You know, they've already got two two wins, and another thing that that was brought up on their their podcast with with Peter and them was like Bill Connolly has every Big Twelve team in the top fifty five in the country. Yeah, every Big Twelve team is good. Except for West Virginia, and even Sorry, there, statistically, they're not a bad team, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they have good wins, and especially if you look at like advanced analytics, they're not, you know, they're not top tier, but they, I wouldn't, they're not in the bottom third of the teams in the Power Five or in the FBS. Yeah, yeah they're, they're still in, they're still in the top half of the country. It's just like with Baylor, with the Big 12 basketball, you know, you've got every team is good. Yeah. No, there's no, there's no more Kansas in the Big 12 because Kansas is good. And so I think, you know, West Virginia is going to beat someone in conference, right? And same thing, like I thought Texas Tech would be worse than they were or that they are. Um, and they've already beaten an upset Texas. So I think Texas Tech can be good for, you know, a couple more upsets of teams that they should lose to that they're going to beat. And, and I, but I think everything's going to be that way. You got Oklahoma State beat Baylor. It'll be one of the things like where Oklahoma State beats Baylor. Baylor beats, you know, someone else in the top half. Then Baylor's going to get beat by someone else later on. And, you know, you have a, you're going to have the slew of like nine and three and eight and four teams that are all bunched together. Like they're all going to yeah. be good. No one's going to be like elite and like playoff contenders, but they're all going to be like solid teams across the board. Yeah, but like OSU might be eight and four, nine and three. Yeah, but they could probably do as well as most any playoff team. Yeah. Um, besides maybe you know the top two. Yeah, and that's what's the with the changing of the playoff structure sometime in the future. Um, definitely by 2026, but possibly by 2024, where you have like the 12 team playoff and the top four get um, buys. 
buys. So I mean that's that's beneficial because then they're and it has a, it's the the top six champions and then six auto bids or not auto bids but at large will get in. You know that puts a premium on conference championship regardless of your record. Like like you said, um, Oklahoma State could be nine and three, eight and four, win a conference, win the conference, and then be a number four seed. Yeah, and then. Yeah. make it all the way through. I mean, yeah, I mean, you don't know because like, you know, you know, if they're only gonna if they're gonna play Bama four times, um, they'd probably win one of them. But if they win that one when they actually play, yeah, then they're they move on. It's just like March Madness. How many times? What percentage of time has the national champion been a number one seed? Probably. I don't know what the numbers are, but I would guess it's probably less than 50%. Yeah. Well, yeah. So looking at it, like we look, we don't really look at college football on a national level. We kind of focus on the Big 12 and focus on Baylor. But if you overall nationally, I think there are other schools, Matt. Yeah. There are. What? There are a lot. Uh, I think like in the SEC, you know, I think it's clearly it's Alabama and Georgia. You know, Georgia's probably going to win the East. Alabama's Mm -hmm. most likely going to win the West. I mean, I was looking at the standings today, and shockingly, LSU is number two in the West. And, you know, they've squeaked by some teams, but they have two SEC wins. Matt, I I believe, though, that um, Alabama this week, they're playing somebody that was predicted in the preseason to be a top 10 team. Yeah. Um, We we had to give me an update on that. Yeah, so breaking news, uh, A&M is not a top-10 team. Oh, man. That must and be they got all kinds of, sad for them. Did, did you hear someone, <laughs> some A&M fan, called into the Feinbaum show today, and they said that uh, a hitman's cheaper than his buyout. So things are going <laughs> great in College Station. Gosh. Things are going great. <laughs> Can I take out a life insurance policy? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, we have to stop with this because I know they recruit, they're always going to recruit well, but yeah. there's they're there's no have. just like Texas. They've never proven that they can turn that into what Alabama does or Georgia, what Georgia did whenever Kirby came on and he you know kind of turned it around with recruiting, you know, and then they turned it around. You know, they that's what. I, AM always or people always say that's what AM is gonna do. And this has gone back for ever, basically. Definitely since they've been in the SEC, you know, they get they they get a couple of good wins and then they always have like the September Heisman where they had like Kenny Hill that year. They beat South Carolina and like everyone, you know, they were like top five or something like that in the country or and it's like it just never takes hold. They're always gonna be eight and four, seven and five. Especially in their in their division that the conference that they play in. When you're in there enough with Alabama, LSU, now Ole Miss is better. Arkansas is getting better. I mean, that's a tough division to play in. Absolutely. Then you're gonna add in that I mean, that's what OU and Texas, that's what they're gonna come up against. Is that gonna if they're gonna be fun. I don't know how they're gonna divvy it out. They're probably gonna go to pods or some type of like situation like that but still i mean you're going to rotate through those teams and it's not going to be well texas hasn't been that way texas will kind of be more the same 
But for OU, and they're getting a taste of that this year, it's not going to be you're like just going to pencil in with a you know permanent marker. Yeah, we're in a conference championship game. Hey Matt, what are what are you drinking tonight? This is to borrow a diet. question from one of our uh, fellow is, Baylor podcasts. Um, this is a diet Dr Pepper. Oh, diet Dr Pepper tonight. Um, tomorrow night will be different, but. I'm drinking uh, a, a Moonwalk IPA from Real Oil. So. Awesome. I really like that um, That Mosaic community has. Mosaic oh, yeah, IPA. That's a good one. Um, so I'm planning on getting that. sneak up on you. Yeah. But the thing, it, I don't find it as, I guess it's not, for me though, it's not as like hoppy tasting mm-hmm. as some IPAs can be, like overwhelming. Like, oh, this is definitely like full of hops um i find that it's a little bit smoother uh, in that regard so but i like it so that's my newest one that i've been drinking a lot of so scott let's go ahead um this is a great weekend just because you don't have the stress of baylor playing so that's my personal opinion because it's sometimes it can be stressful because it's definitely fun especially with home games but also, depending on how the games go, whether win or lose, like I'm, I'm usually pretty stressed out about it. But whenever you have these off weeks, it's like I can just sit back and enjoy football with no like worry about is my team going to win or lose or any of that stuff. So um, it's a little – it's an interesting week. Of course, you have like the Texas OU. And I don't, I don't really know how this game's going to go. Conventional wisdom is like Texas, based on what we've seen so far, Texas should like just roll OU. They should, but I kind of always feel like this is one of those games that the more lopsided it's supposed to be, the more likely it is to be an upset. It's whenever in this particular game, whenever everyone's like, it's got to be Texas, they're going to blow past them or it's got to be OU, they're going to blow past them. That's when we get the upsets. That's what happened last year. That's what happens over and over again with this game. But I just got to love the fact that this game, it's nobody's ranked. And and Kansas are ranked. Game days at TCU Kansas while UTOU are at the state fair. It's kind of glorious. Not only that, like, you know, this is a game that's on ABC. Um, and game day's going to Lawrence to cover the – to you know, they're going to be on campus at Lawrence for game day. You know, they didn't even go to a game that's on their network because, like you said, this game is not on a, you know – Big scale, college football, national scale. It, it, there's not a lot of storylines just because it's not a ranked game. First time since I think mm-hmm. like 19, I think 98 maybe that they're not ranked either team. And, you know, TCU Kansas is, you know, two top 25 teams. And, yeah. but I agree with you. I think if this is the one of the games where it goes against what conventional wisdom will tell you, like you said, like Texas offensively. Looks really good, you know, in, in pretty much all their games. They've looked really good offensively. They put up a lot of points. 
Oklahoma's defense looks absolutely horrific. And yeah, when they've played anybody with the pulse, Kansas State, TCU, they've looked horrible. Um, so it you know, if you're thinking about it just based on those facts, you would say, like, oh yeah, Texas should just score at will. But it's one of those games it it's it could be it goes against what you think. I agree. So yeah. I probably I think OU's gonna go I think OU's gonna win this in a close game. Um and it'll be an exciting finish, but we'll be able to drink Longhorn tears on Saturday. <laughs> I think I'm gonna take the point. So I mean I think Texas will win. I still I'm gonna stick with my Texas win. It's a nine point line, is that right? Um unless it, it may have it, is it shifted? What are you looking at? So to, earlier I'm looking to, at ESPN, it's saying Texas minus nine. Okay, so I took I a think, I took a screenshot earlier today, and it was Texas minus seven. So I don't know if it's moved. It may have though. That's a lot. Two points and no, you're right. It did because I have a screenshot of to, earlier today when I was texting because I texted Joe and he sent in his picks, and it was. Texas minus seven. So, yeah, it's moved to more. So, money is coming in on Texas because it's moved to Texas minus nine. Yeah. So, I was going to take the points when it was minus seven. So, I'm definitely taking the points when it's minus nine. So, yeah, yeah I think, I think, I think Texas same. wins, but it's going to be, you know, Oklahoma's going to cover. Yeah. I think, I think OU can win this one by two or three. Okay. That's what I'm going to stick with. And the next game, we have the team that defeated Baylor last week, Oklahoma State. They welcome in the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Now, Oklahoma State is nine and a half point favorites. And I just, that's um, going back to what we were talking about with like everyone's going to beat. Each other. I think these are one of those games where, like, Texas Tech could beat Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. and nine and a half is a is a is a big number, especially in this Big Twelve where everyone's going to play everyone relatively close. And I think OSU they had as much as we have enjoyed replaying that McVay play. OSU has yeah. been putting every one of those replays as a token in the revenge factor that we Mm -hmm. saw last week. Mm -hmm. So there's kind of being set up possibly for a letdown, but I think, I don't know. I think, I think this OSU team could do some good stuff. Um, But nine and a half, half I'm thinking, I'm thinking OSU by four or five. So I'll take the points. Yeah. And, Going back to our previous pick, Joe has OU winning as well, you know, outright. And he he takes Oklahoma State to cover. So he'll think um, – yeah, he thinks they're going to win by – now, it was nine and a half earlier, so that hasn't changed. So he thinks they're going to win by nine and a half. I think Texas Tech's going to win. I'm picking Texas to win. Okay. Outright. I mean, I love Joey. Yeah, I think I think just it's just going to be the nature of the Big Twelve where you're going to have these up and down weeks, kind of like Baylor beats Iowa State and loses Oklahoma State. You know, whenever they were the favorite at home, and it's kind of the same thing. Oklahoma State goes on the road, beats Baylor, they come home and they're the favorite, and there's the chance to drop this game 
to a team that they they should beat. But I think it's there's just razor thin margins between Big Twelve schools that it's not just overwhelmingly these you have these two or three teams at the very top and then everyone else beneath them. Everyone's kind of close together. Even Texas Tech, Joey's done a great job of kind of immediately building that culture into what into like how he sees it. And they're there. I'll I'll admit I was way off. I thought they'd be way worse. Like I thought they'd yeah. be like one and five instead of three and two. So I think it's one of those games. He'll get them fired up to go, and they'll they'll be they'll be play. They play hard. They play all four quarters, and I think that'll be a, a good game. And like I said, Joe has Oklahoma State to cover this game as well. Um, next on the list, it's another team that is right there at the top that a lot of people, another ranked team of Kansas state, they travel to Iowa state in Farmageddon to take on the cyclones. The cyclones are reeling from having back-to-back big 12 losses to Baylor and Kansas. Um, they're Owen two in conference and pretty much out of the race. I think in my mind, two losses kind of push you out of big 12 contention at this point, unless more people start losing. I think, I think two wins or two losses, you can still get in the Big 12 championship. It's just going to be really hard. Yeah. If, if your you two st- losses are the first two. Yeah. Because then you have no more room for error. Yes. And it's kind of the same boat. Like o- Iowa State and Oklahoma are in the same boat. You know, they both have those two losses out of the gate. Yeah. So, like Oklahoma, like you were talking about, they have zero room for error. Like, if they drop this game on Saturday, they're done. Three losses, you're not in contention for the Big 12. That's just not going to happen. And then if they do lose, this is one of those things like if Oklahoma loses to Texas, going back to that game, that things could spiral for the Sooners bad. Very badly. Same thing for Texas, though. We've been there a couple times in the OU pool where we've had a great team. We changed coaches, and we yeah. have a really bad year. Yeah. And then there's two ways you can go from that. Yeah. And, and we've seen most recently two times where we've done really well in that second year of a new head coach. But we as Baylor fans who've been Baylor fans for a long time also remember all those dark days when yeah. there wasn't where the second year was worse than the first year. Yeah. Um, and look at Nebraska. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that's what I said, you know, before the season, it's just rough whenever you're talking, it's not just, you have a new coach. It's like you have a first time head coach in its first year. And pretty much that's what Bill Connolly always talks about. Everyone like a coach like this, you, you know, this is like year zero, like, you know, a yeah. new coach, who a new head coach who's never been a head coach taking over a new team, changing a lot with defensively, especially and offensively bringing in all new coordinators. It's just going to be some growing pains. And that's, that's what they're going through right now. As they can see, like their defense looks absolutely like horrible. Yeah. Like TCU isn't as good as Oklahoma defense made them look. No. No. So, not at all. I have not back, watched any of that game, <laughs> but I can tell you they did not look that bad. I watched a good portion of it, and yeah. it was like 
it literally is like they weren't fielding like they had no linebackers. When the way TC was running all over them, it was just when they got up and we they got up like I think it was like twenty four to three. I was like, this is done. Like, yeah. <laughs> like they're you're not coming back from this. You can't stop. All TC. I did was I just peeked in on the game, the score at the tailgate a few times last week. That's yeah. all I saw of it, but and laughed. I had a lot of joy in those laughters. Yeah. But in Farmageddon, we have two teams that I was thinking Kansas State, they really, the fans at least, they really don't like each other. The schools yeah. don't like each other. Um, and so. Well, it's kind of like for Kansas State. I mean, how much hatred can you really have for Kansas in football? So I feel sure. like, I feel like they're closest thing to an in-state rival is probably Iowa State as far as like peer-to-peer and football. And so yeah. I think all that hatred that they would typically spew towards Kansas, which hasn't been a rival for them in football, yeah. uh, although they're well, probably going to lose to them this year, uh, has been directed towards Iowa State. And yeah, Iowa and, State has a lot of fans that are easy to hate. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like for That's the thing about Iowa State is for a large – for most of my life, they were just as bad as Kansas. Mm-hmm. You know, recently they've been better. Yeah. You know, so it's like the previous coaches to Matt Campbell made him a little bit respectable, you know, go to a bowl game, win five, six games. And that's, that's a, that you was, took them from seller yeah. for dweller to being a competitive team. Yeah. Which and is, then, Matt, Matt Campbell's supposed to kind of everyone, you know, he's eventually going to take him over the hump, but they've yet to win 10 games in a season. They've had a lot of hype and just haven't lived up to it. And I don't know what, I, I can't really explain that. I don't know because last year's Iowa State team if you, on paper should have been what Baylor did. They should have done what Baylor did. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. And this team already has, this year's team lost all that talent. They're already down two games. And so if they lose this game, to, like we were talking about earlier, if they lose this game to Kansas State, you know, essentially they're not competing in the Big 12 anymore. Now it's just I'm trying to – we're trying to get to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, like, it's one-and-a-half point spread. This is a night game in Ames. And I think Iowa State's – it's going to be one of – I think they're going to win. I think they're going to – because – it's going to be – and this is just how I feel the Big 12 is going to go every week is you're going to have a few good wins like Kansas State did, and then you'll drop a game your favorite in. So it's just going to be one of those weird years. And I just think if this game was I think weird, Iowa State – But it's at 630, so I just think it's going to be – it's a tough place to play. I think Iowa State's probably going to win by 10 with a, a garbage time touchdown. Yeah. You know. It's gonna be. It's gonna really be played like a three point game, but Iowa State's gonna get a late score. Yeah, I could see that. Definitely could see that. And finally, the game of the week. Game of the week. College game day. College game day on campus. Lawrence, Kansas. Not um, for basketball, mind you. Not for basketball. For football, wouldn't be because TCU is involved. But so right now, it's number seventeen TCU going to Lawrence. 
number 19, Kansas. TCU is a road favorite, six-and-a-half-point favorite. Oh, I had not even looked at that line until just when you said that. And let me go ahead and go through. So, Joe has Kansas State covering on our previous game. So, this one, six-and-a-half, that's a lot also. I mean, eventually, I think Kansas is going to lose. They have, I mean, they, I said last week, it's like, you know, they may have one or yeah. two more wins in them whenever they were 4-0. Uh, and I still believe that. And I don't – I think if they lose this game, they may not win another game just looking at their schedule because they have everyone's backloaded. So, after TCU, they still have to play Texas, Baylor, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, Kansas State. So, yeah, I mean, that's all, a the, tough road. all the top teams, if you look at the standings, are yet to play Kansas. Um, so, yeah, so it looks rough. Okay, so, but yeah, we've already talked about OU being down. Yes. So they could – I think they can win this game. Then they play at OU. We've already talked about OU being trashed. They almost, they almost beat OU last year. So – and then next up after OU is us here mm-hmm. for our homecoming. Mm-hmm. There's a legitimate shot that we could be playing our homecoming game, our game that we managed to schedule to be a surefire win against an undefeated yeah. Kansas team. I mean, it's it's on the table. What were you thinking, Mac? <laughs> <laughs> I can just hear it. I think so. It, for this particular game, I think six and a half is too many points. So I'm going to take the points. Now I think TCU probably wins, but it's closer than six and a half, less than a touchdown. So I can see this being a three point win or even closer. But I think right now, what this is going to turn into like a shootout because. I think they both have good offenses and they're both of the defenses are suspect. And they've had kind of weak schedules. <laughs> both these teams haven't really played anybody. And I'm, in, I'm including Oklahoma just because people thought, because the defense looks bad. So I'm not including them as a good team yet, but like their non-con was pretty rough. Like we have Tarleton, Tennessee tech, Colorado, who's winless. Um, Duke was a good game, but I think, you know, that was a close game, but Duke has a bad defense. I mean, it's just one of those things where it was, it was a shootout and Kansas came on top by like, I think seven. So, I mean, I think you're going to see kind of the same thing on the opposite side where this is going to be like a 35, 42 type of game, or it'll, it'll, it could end up being like 35, 33, things like something like that. So like just a, a closer game than a touchdown. So I think that I'm trying to balance a few things looking at this game. I still have residual hate towards Gary Patterson and all things with his fingerprints on them. Yeah. And then also, I kind of love seeing the down guy get up and throw some punches. I mean, come on, Kansas. This is pretty amazing. 
So I'm gonna go rock chalk. I'm gonna say Kansas is gonna win this outright. All right, um, and Joe has gonna be close. TCU covering, so he has TCU winning outright by more than six and a half. So he thinks that they're that much better than Kansas. And I think TCU wins. I think it's closer than six and a half, but, but yeah, but we've talking about what we've seen as Baylor fans. We've seen a team start off six and oh to finish six and six. We have seen that. <laughs> so I mean it's awful. It's uh, not I mean, we that's what I was thinking about with um it's a different circumstances because they're coming off of being perpetually the down team to starting off like five and zero, oh. and their coaches are still coaching. Yeah. And then it's different. Like we were coming off a very successful season in 2015 and then you have off season turmoil. Then you start off hot, you know, six straight wins. It, that was super disappointing to go to a bowl that year. Mm-hmm. I think. But, I mean, starting off the way he did, he thought, well, man, we could, like, you know, win the Big 12. And then everyone just gave up. So, I know, like, I think it would be disappointing to Kansas fans to not make – at this point, not make a bowl, to not get that one more win. That would be super disappointing. I think they're going to get that one more win. Yeah. I I mean, obviously, I'm saying it's going to happen this weekend. But yeah, you mean I you think, think they're going to win? Like they'll get to a bowl, they'll be bowl eligible. Like they'll be six and zero. I just think, I think TCU, I think they're going to lose to TCU, and then now I, Oklahoma that'll be a, to me that's a toss up, and it's weird to say that you think like their their one win, her their next, if they get to six, if they end up six and six, you mm-hmm. know their sixth win could be OU, which would be wild. Which would you I'd, take more joy in them, Kansas beating Texas or OU? Well, I mean, I would say OU because because um, that Kansas-Texas rivalry is just so thick. I mean – And it's happened a couple of times. It's happened a couple with of times. With OU. With UT, excuse me. Yeah. And so that now it's just like, well, yeah, of course, can't, that's what Kansas does is beat Texas. You know, it's like at this point, yeah. I expect it. Um, But – that's that's the one thing. That's why I mean, I want to be Kansas so bad, just because I don't want to lose my Kansas beat Texas in football jokes. <laughs> see, like they're such a good joke. See, like Iowa State, we, West Virginia, that you lost it. You lost it. You can't do it anymore. We need to have more than monkey jokes for the University of Texas. Yeah. So I just don't want to give up my. Um, Kansas beat Texas when they were now it's like when they were bad twice. <laughs> so but yeah. Um I think for the rest of the college football though, it's pretty chalky at the top. Like Clemson looks far and away the best team in the ACC. Even with their offensive struggles early on, they've taken care of business with, with NC State and Wake Forest, who are probably the next two best teams in that conference. Ohio State by you know, a long way, the best team in the Big Ten. Um, I still don't know how good Michigan is because, they again, they haven't played anybody really with a pulse. Um, and 
And we don't get the Ohio State Michigan game until the very end of the season. Yeah, so you really won't know. I mean, even this week, I mean, Michigan's undefeated and they play their first two conference games, I think, were Maryland and Iowa and Indiana this week. So Maryland's improved, but they're not, you know, I don't think they're contenders yet. And Indiana's not next week. A good Michigan game. has to pay Penn State. So I think that's yeah. going to be their, that's going to be Michigan's first real test. Yeah. So I mean, I think they're good, but I don't really know yet and how good they are. I know Ohio State's like really good. That's what I know for a fact in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And Nebraska's really bad. That's pretty much all I know. Um, and then the Pac 12, yeah, that's kind of like a Big 12 because I don't know who, I mean, on paper, it looks like USC is really good. You know, they're five and zero. They're undefeated. They look great, but they've had some close calls with like Oregon State last week. So, I think those teams could also beat each other up. You could see USC dropping a game to Utah, yeah. UCLA beating Utah, USC beating UCLA. Which right now, those are the top three teams in the conference because they jumped ahead of everybody and just got rid of divisions this year. So it's just a best winning percentage. You know, best records, they're going to face off in the championship game. I mean, USC has not played anyone. Yeah, true. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, they beat Rice. Okay. Rice is, I mean, I will say this. Rice has improved. Yeah. They're they're not like, you know, they didn't just beat someone. They upset someone like last week. Who did they beat? I mean, I know they beat Houston. Yeah. No, that's they, what it was. They, played, they beat Houston you know, they last beat week. Rice, Stanford, Fresno State, Oregon State, and ASU, who didn't have a coach. Yeah. USC hasn't played anyone. And Oregon State's improved, and that game came down. I think that was only like a one score game at one point, and they were losing at one point. Yeah. They, beat, they won that game 17 to 14. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was saying. The Pac-12 is going to be a lot like the Big 12 in the sense that I think everyone's going to beat everyone. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be just a, a jumbled mess at who the top two teams are. You're not going to so get – the top four are going to be two Big Ten and two SEC this year. Yeah. That's where we're going to be. I mean, because there's not um, – right there's not a uh, clear like group of five team like last year. Like you could tell like Cincinnati had those wins – against power five teams to kind of bolster their resume. And you can tell they they were undefeated and far and away the best group of five team. We don't got, we don't have that this year. I said that, but Clemson will probably, it'll be. Yeah. Clemson will, Clemson will make it. Um, now I think, I think Clemson's good for a loss at some point. They got really close with Wake um, two weeks ago. They kind of controlled the NC State game, so that really, they wasn't. You know, there's. No, I didn't really ever see a threat of them losing that game after kickoff. Um, but I mean, anything can happen when you go to those championship games. It's gonna be. I think it's gonna be um, on the other side. Your your best bet is probably North Carolina. I think North Carolina Duke are at the top of the. Oh, was it Coastal? Whatever the other division is. Because that division is garbage because <laughs> it has, like, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Pitt. I mean, 
just a bunch of mediocre to bad teams. And then you have Duke and UNC are four and one at the top. So, yeah, I mean, Clemson, I think, is probably good for a loss somewhere this year. They still have to go to Notre Dame. Yeah. They still have Which, to go to I mean, FSU. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, FSU, Florida State could beat them. Uh-huh. No doubt. Um, I think they're, they're, they're very improved. Notre Dame, not a great team. So, that's probably a win. But, yeah, they have – it is – you said it at Notre Dame, so you know that's a intimidating atmosphere with all the history and everything, and the crowd. And it could be a, a tough place to play. So yeah, I mean, I think they could they could end up with a loss or even the championship game. They could they could drop that. Um, but yeah, I think you're, we're we're looking at it's going to be. I don't see an outsider this year that could jump in there because. It has to be someone go undefeated in those other conferences. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, it could. I mean, if USC only has one loss, they're they're kind of the same type of team where I could see the community bumping them up because they're yeah. already what they're already top ten, aren't they? USC. Yes, they're up there, and they're one of those names, the classic yeah, exactly. thing where they're a blue blood program where. So yeah, they're number six. So yeah, so I can see if they continue their trajectory, or they continue winning, or even if they drop one game, if they win their division even with one loss, I think I could see them putting them in the in the playoff as a, the the four seed to get just completely roasted by Georgia or Alabama, whoever's number one. But yeah, it's gonna be like, I think you're right. It's gonna be. I think it's at this point. Unless something crazy happens and Georgia loses like two games, it's going to be like Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Clemson. I guess is the right now. That's who I would put if who I think they would put in there right now. But because I don't like, there's not like a Baylor, Oklahoma State, Michigan State like there was last year. That's kind of threatening. Sorry. Um, yeah. I mean, there's still like, we're, we're barely halfway through. We've yeah. got a lot of season left. There's yeah. going to be shockers and there's going to be some fun stuff. That's what happens every year. Yeah. That's why we love this game. Yeah. And that's what get so frustrated by it. That's what, I mean, we say things like that. Like, like I don't, foresee Baylor going on a run and just like winning out and just finishing like 10 and two, but it could happen. Oklahoma state could also go undefeated. That could happen. I mean, I, I mean, anything can like that, those things can happen. I think everyone, I think Oklahoma state and, and Baylor is also, they're good for another loss this year. Oklahoma state's really good for another couple losses in this conference. Um, but looking at it, like, like Alabama's going to roll through the West. I don't think only one that could really beat them is maybe Ole Miss. LSU's not there yet. A and M ain't there. Um, Arkansas doesn't look like. Well, they already played, so they already you know beat Arkansas. So I just don't see a team in their division being very competitive with them. 
So I think they'll roll through the West. Same thing with Georgia. They have they've had two close calls, and that's just going to make them be even more um, diligent to get through the East. And really, their biggest uh, competition is Tennessee. I guess at this point, Florida doesn't look like they're quite there yet. You know, Billy Napier's first year, but um, Tennessee's offense is playing at a high level. They're running that same offense, that Baylor offense that veer and shoot that Browse used to run. So they're putting up a lot of uh, yards and points. Without a lot of defense. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, Georgia's defense, while they they have a bunch of talent, they're not quite cohesive like last year's defense was just like a machine. Yeah. So, I mean, but, but that, you know, that goes to the point that there's not really a, a lot of competition, so I think it's it's fair to just go ahead and say like you pretty much you got Georgia and Alabama are going to meet up in the championship game, and then they're going to be in the playoff in you know some some number with those two teams for sure. Unless, like you said, something unless we have some crazy happenings, <laughs> that's what looks like is going to happen, which could happen. So you know, those teams, it's going to take more than one craziness happening. Because yeah. they're, those two teams are allowed a loss. The thing is, not. you're going to have to have one of those teams have a loss and then lose again in the championship game to get two losses to keep them out. Because there's no, never been a two loss team in a playoff yet. Correct. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, Georgia could lose to Tennessee, still win the Big East, not Big East, <laughs> SEC East, and then um, go and lose in the championship game and maybe still get put in because they look like the bet, you know, one of the best, te- best four teams in the country. You know, the way the committee rolls, you know, if they think you're one of the best four teams in the country, you know, losses really don't matter. Only, you know, wins matter. So, if you have good wins, like I said, if Oregon keeps winning or is in the championship game and then – or even wins the Pac-12, then you have, well, Georgia beat the Pac-12 champion 49-3. to Well, yeah, but they have two losses. Yeah, but they have some great wins. And then, okay, that's – you're the you're the committee, so you do what you want. Yeah, we can do whatever we want. Yeah, and that it goes back what we talked about earlier. That's what I'm I'm happy to see that the expansion to the twelve teams, just because those the scenarios become less and less, right? So yeah, because you can say like air, yeah, and it lets more people in. Because then it wouldn't matter. Like, Oregon wins the Pac-12. You know, they know they're getting it. So they're yeah. not really – you're not, like, arguing over these championships of, like, which loss is better or which win is better. Because regardless, the, you know, the six highest-ranked conference championships, champions are getting in, right? Or, I mean, the six champions are getting in. And then, then with the at-largest, then that's where you're going to get – it's just more – you're not arguing over one spot. Now you're going to be arguing over six. Like, who should we rank where and who should get in? And we're going to see the same type of thing like we see with March Madness where we're arguing over – at the end, we're arguing over the differences between the team that's ranked 69 and 68 um, that gets in. 
we're going to be talking about the team that's arguing we were ranked 17, we should have been 16. And that's going to stink for that team. Yeah. And it's not going to be fun. But that's a whole lot more margin for error. It was also, it's, I think in, in some ways, it's more under the team's control too. Cause like if we drop a game, that we should have taken care of business. And then now we're trying to argue our, our resume against this other team. You, I mean, we can say like, well, I mean, it's kind of on us. We, we didn't play to our potential. You know, we, we kind of have no one to blame but ourselves. But now it's like, we were talking about 11 and one versus 11 and one to make this one spot. It's like, we did everything really we could do. Like, like last year. And really there's no, no even argument last year. The whole thing was like no one argued for Baylor because Baylor should have beat TCU and they didn't. Mm-hmm. If Baylor beats TCU, they're in the playoff. I mean, that's plain and simple. That's all they had to do is not throw so that interception. In that, that last interception. Yeah, go they down, kick a field goal. And but you know, we you didn't execute. And there's no Baylor fan or anyone arguing like we should be in the force week because we knew we shouldn't because of play on the field. And I think you'll see more. It'll be – you'll see some of that, but I think it's not just going to be like 16 versus 17. You're going to say like, you know, we should be nine, not ten. We should be ranked, you know, because yeah. it's going to come down to seeding at that point. Because you get the, the first four teams get by. So that means like if I'm this seed and we win that first game, we're going to have to play Alabama or Georgia, whoever it is, number one seed. And so you really want to position yourself. Yeah. After that. True. Where you're having to go on the road and where you're having to go to play a team after they've had a bye. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I did want to run this by you. We're both big uh, Baylor basketball fans. Um, did you see the news released today by the Big 12 of what they're going to do on October 12th? I have not seen this yet. Okay, so which I find soon like you're gonna big give tw- me breaking news. So the Big Twelve is basically gonna do this all out New York City takeover onslaught of media on October twelfth. Okay. Um, which is ten twelve. <laughs> and they're gonna be across multiple platforms. And you know, they said in the press release it was you know, like traditional and non-traditional media. So whatever that means. So here's what the, let me see. I'm going to pull up the press release so I can just read it to you verbatim. So basically, yeah, Big 12 Conference heads to New York City is what it says. Um, October 12th, the Big 12 will be staging an all-day promotional blitz in New York City Joining Commissioner Brett Yormark to promote the Big 12 brand in the media capital of the world will be Baylor NCAA champion men's basketball coach Scott Drew and West Virginia Hall of Fame coach Bob Huggins. The Big 12's trip to the Big Apple will see the conference engage with traditional sports media as well as non-traditional outlets in the business and lifestyle media spaces. And that's... I mean, this is just part of his plan to like, we're going to rebrand the Big 12. We're going to market the Big 12 differently. Which I think is great. And 
yeah, go your mark. Do yeah. something. Get our voice out there. We are by far, by far the best basketball conference. Oh, hands in down. The land. Yeah. Hands down. Hands down. And we need to be getting that out there. We are what the yeah. ACC was a decade ago. Yeah. And it's smart to go to the Northeast, which is just more basketball friendly, basketball heavy. Uh-huh. And you're going to have, I'm going to say like your most likable championship winning basketball coach. Cause we have other championship winning basketball coaches. Scott Drew is by far the most likable, more likable than the others. Yeah. Um, if more, you don't like Scott Drew. It's just because you're envious. Oh yeah, and but he's also like media friendly. He's su- he's super media friendly. That's he's, why he's on he's CBS Sports. Yeah, I mean, he has his way about him and his way of doing things. But he, everyone eats it up, right? Yeah. And and Bob Huggins is um, Bob Huggins. You know, he's Hall of Fame coach. But it's just it's it's funny to have these two personalities. That's who's going to be promoting the Big Twelve to New York and presumably all over sports media um, next week. That's crazy. I did see the preseason women's basketball predictions. Did you see this? Yes, I did. Where did they have, is it 12 time defending conference champion lady bears? What, what position did they have Baylor? I think – hold on. I'm going to – because I retweeted it with a GIF, and I was like, what? Um, uh, it wasn't at the top. That's for sure. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to remember. So, Which I I'm, I'm, can be okay with accepting that. So they had Baylor fourth. It was yeah. Iowa State – Texas, Oklahoma, then Baylor. Now Baylor did get a first I place call vote. That chalkboard material. Yeah, I mean, Baylor did get a first place vote from someone. Oklahoma got one, Texas got four, and Iowa State got four. So, um, yeah, I would, uh, yeah, definitely call this. Some bulletin board material, especially for this team and this coach. Definitely, I'm looking through and see who like anyone quote tweeted it. Um, I did with like the office gif of um Ryan Marker writing his list. I I did see that, yes. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, and then of course, a lot of Baylor fans are like, This is disrespectful. I and maybe part of it is just because of my disappointment in football. And I shouldn't be disappointed in football. We've yeah. lost two close games, two games where we just didn't have the breaks go our way. I'm still proud in our team. But, yeah. gosh, basketball I mean, yeah. is going to be glorious this year. Yeah, like Baylor football. I mean, it's, it's – you're or I'll say this, as the big three sports as a whole – they're probably not going to have the year they had last year where you win every yeah. conference championship. That's probably not going to happen. <laughs> um, but Baylor football is still a very good football program. They're going to be 
Well, then the I, I think they'll be one of the top four teams at the end of the day in the Big Twelve. Um, yeah, somewhere they'll fall. Whether it's one or four, I don't know, but they'll fall somewhere in the top four of the conference. Men's basketball, I think, is probably the should be the best or should be picked to win the conference again, in my opinion. Now, I am biased, but I think the thing about women's basketball is, like you said, they're the 12-time reigning champion. At this point, I just go ahead and vote them one. If they don't win, that's a big story because they've won 12 consecutive championships. Just let's, let's do it. Yeah. Just assume they're going to win another one. There's going to come a time, though, where we don't win it. Yeah, I thought it was going to be last happen. year. But I bet you the first time we don't win it, we're not going to finish fourth in the conference. We're going to finish two or three. Yeah. And now we do – I mean, it's it's fair losing what they lost. You would assume, like, there's going to be a little bit of a step back. You know, losing Nalissa and Queen and all those players. But you also have a lot of players from those teams coming back. Like, a lot of people, you know, re-up. They're coming back to, to – for, you know, the COVID year or their fifth year, whatever the case may be. So – I think like Caitlin Bickle for once, you know, you have players like that returning. The this team isn't gonna be the fourth in I agree with you in the Big Twelve. Like they may not win it this year. That's that's perfectly conceivable. Um, but like you said, I think it would be they're gonna be finishing two or three. They'll finish one, two or three. I don't think they're gonna get below yeah. three. So, yeah, it is a little disrespectful. Now, I don't know if that was a media poll or coaches poll. Yeah, but. Yeah, there were more. I'm not looking at it right now, but I feel like there were more than 10 votes. So it probably was a media um, poll and not a coaches. Let me see. It was. No, it was 10. Okay. So, like, Iowa State got four first-place votes. This is Texas got four. So, I don't know why Iowa State had more points, but whatever. And then, like, it's maybe been, and then, like, Oklahoma had one and Baylor had one. So. Yeah. Okay, so, Matt. Yes. The real reason – that people tune in to this particular podcast mm-hmm. is to hear you and Joe talk about House of Dragon. Yes. However, I am one of those people. I don't have HBO, so I have not seen any House of Dragon. So I thought we could maybe talk for a little bit. Okay. About something that we're both familiar with. All right. Bluey season three. <laughs> Listen, Bluey's just a good show. Plants. It's a great show. I mean, me and because I mean, full disclosure, me and Scott and some other friends were like in a in a group messaging thread, I guess. So this came up today yeah. and See, like Bluey's just you know it's universal. 
right? I it's don't have small children. That I never complain about my kids putting it on. Yeah. I can watch it with my kids anytime. You, I was introduced to it just having not even like my own kids, but young kids that were around my house. We were had Bluey on. And then you find yourself like you, after a while, you find out there's no more kids here. And I've watched 10 episodes of Bluey consecutively without stopping. I mean, just like, and didn't realize like, <laughs> because you get into the show, it's, oh, it's a good show for kids, good teaches good lessons, but also it demonstrates adult child interactions in the best possible way that you can demonstrate that to children and how, what's an appropriate um, interaction between parents and children. Yeah. And the so, parents are not always perfect. Correct. Which is, which is factual. Make mistakes. And, and it's, I've literally like, I've cried watching episodes. I've laughed out loud multiple times. And it's a beautiful show. If you haven't watched it, watch just a few episodes to watch from this season, season three. Watch Mini Bluey, watch Rain, and watch Facey Time. If you watch those three, you're going to go back and watch some more. Absolutely. And Scott, I'll talk to you like um, offline about... uh some HBO hookups. Okay. HBO max hookups. Um, but yeah, definitely me and Joe will talk about house of the dragon next week. We record great show. I'm enjoying it. Last episode was really good. Um, but also, I mean, Disney plus everyone should have Disney plus, especially if you have kids. Disney plus is a great, have, now, have you watched, like, we also talk about Andor. We're, me and Joe are both big Star Wars guys. So, have you got the chance to catch any Andor? Yet? So, um, this past week, starting Saturday, the game day, my wife and three kids went to go spend some time with her family. Um, and so, I have been a bachelor for the last several days. And I've worked really long hours many of those days but I've been coming home to an empty house. And so I have watched the first four episodes. Yeah. Is, a, is that how many are up? Four or five? No, there's um, five. So I'm caught up on Andrew. Yeah. Okay. So I've got one to catch up on. Well, they they released I one on Wednesday. Wednesday. A new one came out. Okay. So then I'm one behind. Yeah. But yes, I've watched that. I haven't really enjoyed it. You have like not? A, it's kind of, no, I have enjoyed it. Okay. Um, yeah, I've kind I'm of enjoyed really the it. like the the daily life more so than just the big arch villain, arch superhero, like getting into the yeah. more of the daily type stuff of that world. Yeah, and that's kind of like that's what you want to see because if we get past the Vader Skywalker of it all, you want to see like I, me personally, I would say like I want to see let's see like the nitty gritty of the rebellion. Like what's, let's see a star Wars, you know, spy thriller. Let's see star Wars war film. Let's, let's see different parts of this, the story we know in different perspectives. 
which yeah. is kind of the same thing I said whenever Game of Thrones went off the air. Um, I was like, let's see the same story from a different perspective. Let's see the other parts of, you know, different stories that we've seen all along. Um, but that's what I like about it. You know, you're going to see like these are we're doing like covert missions and this is different than what you normally see in Star Wars. With some of the same elements. I mean, they, they keep it familiar enough to be Star Wars, but it's it's different enough that you know like this is a a different animal than what you've normally seen. It's not the swashbuckling Star Wars that we, you know, grew up watching. Okay, it's more of an adult Star Wars. One of my pet peeves huh. with yes. the, the Star Wars world sure, sure. is um so now I'm not I'm a slight fan. I'm not super into it. Not quite as much as you and Joe, for sure. But these plants in the Star Wars universe, I feel like every planet is either a desert planet or a sea planet or um, a rainforest planet. There's not a lot of Earth-like planets where we have desert, we have rain have all these things it feels like every planet is kind of this one thing sure i mean they are filmed on earth so we do have to take what we got (laughs) so but i think i think i'll say the sea planets are more earth-like in a sense you know the earth is basically a sea planet um but yeah i get what you're saying like you know like jaku and tatooine they're both desert planets you have yeah. Different worlds. The like, whole planet is a desert planet. Yeah, well, like Coruscant's more Earth-like. I think it's more industrialized. It's a city, a capital, or whatever. Um, and Naboo was kind of like that Alderaan, but you know, it's no longer with us. It is in 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 Andor. Alderaan still exists, so we still have like these, but we don't we don't see them a lot. Like we know of them. If you're like a a big Star Wars fan, like you can, like I just did, name off five planets. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but we, we spend a lot of time on Tatooine because of Luke or Jakku because of Ray or wherever, you know. And I think this, with stories like this, you may get that more diverse planets just because one thing I do. Also, I think in this so far in, in Andor is like you haven't seen a lot of like aliens. It's yeah. been human actors, characters in the Star Wars world. So you don't you, you haven't seen a lot of weird creatures, alien creatures like you normally would with Star Wars. Like they're gonna because I think they feel like they're obligated to make up their arts department to make up one crazy alien creature and put an actor in it to play some supporting role and you just haven't seen that right you barely got like a droid in this one yeah in this show and it's 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 only in the beginning and you haven't really seen one since so yeah it's a it's a definitely a different star wars but yeah like you i'm really enjoying it i think it's really good yeah i'm a fan we've got so much good tv right now yeah now, have you watched The Rings of Power? It's like Joe gets on me because I still haven't watched it. Um, I'm about five episodes into that right now. 
So I'm working my way into it. It hasn't drawn me in quite as much as I had hoped it would. Um, yeah. But I am enjoying it. Yeah. My thing basically is like, I only have so much time I can devote to things. Yeah. And so you have like, it's right in the middle of college football and NFL for, for me, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a football fan. So I watch NFL as well. And then I'm already like locked into house of the dragon and, and, or came out around, you know, the same time as the rings Mm -hmm. of power, I think probably the same week. And that just took priority. And so for me, it's one of the things like I only have so much time as these other things wind down, I'll go, I'll probably going to go back to it maybe when it's complete and just watch like the, the whole season first season yeah. or the first season of it and just and we'll, and kind of binge it but it's something right now that i just can't fit into my schedule yeah it's hard for me to fit it in too because between long hour job three kids and a wife that doesn't really get into sci-fi fantasy yeah um we can we can do some shows with her but usually most of the shows we watch are together and we like to spend time together and <laughs> are yeah. a little bit of the lighter cut. Now I am watching, I say that, but I'm, I'm watching She-Hulk as well. Cause I am like, I have not watched any I mean, of that. So it's, I, it's not like appointment viewing. Like I'll watch it. Like I, I didn't watch it for weeks. And then I went back and watched like three episodes cause they're short. They're like 30 minute episodes. Um, but it's 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 more along the lines of a procedural law comedy, basically. It's like a it's with people that have superpowers. It's not really your. It's not what that's and that's what I like about Marvel. It's kind of you, every show is a like a different genre. You're not getting the same thing over and over again. It may be this. A lot of people complain like you know Marvel formula, and even in the series. But I do appreciate that you have like Falcon and Winter Soldier is more of your espionage you know basic you know militaristic type of show you have loki which is was crazy good but it was more of the multiverse fantastical stuff um and then you have shows like she-hulk which is a basically it's a legal show but also a sitcom kind of in at the same time because it is like it's a comedy. It's not a dramatic show. It's it's kind of like it's an action comedy, basically. Kind of like WandaVision, but with the yeah. legal bend. Yeah. So yeah. So you you know they're cracking jokes, and she you know like in the comics, she like breaks the fourth wall and says things to the the viewer, and so it's it's a good, sh- but it is a good show. I've enjoyed it, but <laughs> there hasn't been much. I mean, I've liked all the shows. I'm like they're all pretty good. So, but that is all that I have. If people wanted to follow you, Scott, where can they find you? Well, they want to meet me in person. Come and see me at Heritage Creamer sometime next time you're in Waco. Yep. But if you want to follow me online, um, I'm at Spain Smith on Twitter. And you can and find Matt, me. Where can they find you? Uh, I am always on Twitter. I'm very online at Matt underscore Workman. 
And um, you can follow the podcast on Twitter as well at the Bearden Pod. I want to and thank what you, Scott. Our good friend Joe. Where can they find Joe? Joe in Abstentia. is also very much online. And you can find him at the underscore Joe underscore Goodman on Twitter. He's also probably writing something for the Our Daily Bear. So check out um, their website, ourdailybears.com, for some of his content. Well, Scott, I want to thank you for hopping on in short notice um, to fill in. And um, we'll have to, when Joe's here, we'll have to have you on again and uh, talk some more Baylor sports. Sounds good. Have a good one. All right, man. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.